recording in our brand new podcast studio. The pad, the podcast studio. I almost said podcast 23. Podcast studio, which is also known as the conference room. We're in it. Which is also known as the children's liturgy of the word to be in the new church. We're in it. Which is also known as the bride's room when there's a wedding. We're in it. Which is also in the middle of all kinds of construction and people may be hearing saws and hammers and who knows what. Hi everybody, welcome to the 23 Podcast. Michael Pupp is here with our pastor, Father Herb Weber. In the brand new podcast room. (laughs) That's really, when we uh, sat down to plan the building, I said, yes, we need a church, but more importantly, we need a podcast studio. Okay. And so that's why we're using the same space that's used for everything else. But hello, everybody. It's good to be with you again. It's good to be with all of you. And uh, I think you probably can hear there's a lot of activity behind us today as they're working out in the new Connection Center, which is our new gathering space. Yesterday was Monday, August 6th, and we were uh, moving yesterday into the new offices. We moved into our new offices. They are officially open. You still come in the same door, and then there's a sign that directs you to your right, to the right. To the right. We should have... um, What's that song? That to the right, to the right, to the You probably don't know that song. But then the next part goes, to the left, to the left. What song is that? I don't know it, but I do remember an old song. That... Cupid Shuffle. It's called the Cupid Shuffle. Okay. You don't know the Cupid Shuffle? No, I don't. But it's one a... of those, it's like one of those you do at weddings with the electric slide. And... Oh, okay. I, I know what you're saying. It's that kind of, it's that kind of dance. That's why I don't know it. I don't, I, I don't it... dance. If we could go back in time, I'd redo my wedding reception and you and I would do the Cupid Shuffle together. That's not going to happen in this (laughs) lifetime for you or me. Yesterday was an exciting day, though. Uh, Thank you to the Knights of Columbus that came out and helped us get moved. Uh, They were moving file cabinets and desks, and we were getting rid of old furniture that was falling apart. And uh, And some of the old furniture that is not falling apart got put in different places to be reused. The sacristy has been moved into room 103 temporarily for the next couple of months. That that is correct because the old offices which includes the sacristy that entire space is being demoed as we speak. They're taking the ceilings out, taking the walls out and making one large room out of that called the Student Center. Which is going to be a really exciting space uh, for the students, especially what I'm excited about this fall is the addition of the Sunday evening Mass, I think is going to be really special. Uh, That'll flow kind of right into our high school ministry, uh, and they'll have their own designated space down there. Uh, And here's the bonus. There's going to be dinner every week after the Sunday night Mass, so you can go have a bite to eat with the high school students. Oh, Cool. (laughs) Don't sound so excited. (laughs) (laughs) All righty. So, no, it's been a great week, and uh, we're excited to be in our new offices. Are you you unpacked? Am I unpacked? Are you unpacked? That was the question. Am I unpacked? You're stalling is what you're doing. Actually, I went through everything yesterday, and I ended up with a stack of about uh, 25 or 30 sheets of paper. Yeah that need to be addressed in terms of put in in a particular file or responded to before the week's over. So those are still on my desk. That's good. I had a, I did a large purge of items before we moved. And then the items that I moved into my office yesterday, I still had another box of things I decided I still didn't want once I got in there. I'm glad to hear you say that because I purged some things after I moved and I thought I should have done this earlier, but it wasn't that much. It was nothing like before I moved. Yeah. No, you just never know what's going to fit or especially in terms of wall decor and things like that. Okay. So, um, 
something else was on my mind in terms, and I don't remember what it was while we were talking, which is very boring for people to listen to. So let's get into the readings. Let's get into the readings. This Sunday, which is August 12th, is week three of how many? Five. Five weeks on chapter? Six. Okay, not six weeks on chapter five. That five, would be confusing. Five weeks on chapter six of John's gospel. Yes. One, cha- one chapter, five weeks in a row. Is that cool or is that cool? It's, it's, a, it's almost as cool as the Cupid Shuffle. Okay. <laughs> is it Cupid or Cuban? Cupid. The Cupid Shuffle. As in the little angel that flies around and shoots people with arrows that's so what, they fall in love. That's why they do it at a wedding, wedding reception. Later, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to put $5 down that later I'm going to walk past Father Herb's new office and he's going to be watching the Cupid Shuffle on YouTube. I think you owe me $5. <laughs> okay. Let's talk. Uh, two weeks ago. We started John chapter six yes. with the multiplication of loaves and fish and Jesus fed the big crowd. Then last week he was on the other side of the lake and don't think that he went directly across the lake. They kind of went at an angle, but they always called it a go across. Did you not say though last week, the story that we skipped between the loaves and the fishes and last Sunday's gospel reading was Jesus walking on water. Yeah. In the middle of the night, the apostles went over there and then he walked and caught up with them. Got it. Okay, yeah, that, that part, was, that part was not read at sun, Sunday Mass. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Okay, and then this past Sunday, mm-hmm. week two, Jesus starts to make a teaching out of it, and he says, okay, you ask for uh, food, and I'm going to give you food, and you'll never hunger again. So I preached on hunger. hunger. That was a good homily. Thank you. By the way, last night when we were recording, we were recording our next video that we're showing at Mass for Base Camp. And um, there was a family here and we were just asking them stories about what they've enjoyed about being a part of our religious education program here at the parish. And I said, you know, we're not looking for like a really long monologue. We're just looking for little short sound bites. So don't, don't talk too long. And one of the girls said, like Father Herb's homily. <laughs> I know. You had to repeat that on air. Oh, I, it was great. You, you told it to me in person. It was great. And I hardly slept all night last night. I was so worried about that i wanted her to deliver it directly to you actually your homilies aren't long i think the 945 last sunday was it was about 10 minutes oh that's all Not okay that i was timing you usually usually it's about eight and a half minutes for most of them yeah you're okay. usually right around there anyway okay so okay, last so, week was about okay. hunger and then this week jesus moves moves it even into more precision and he talks about i am the bread of life Mm-hmm. And he's basically saying that he is the bread. Um, Does this pick up directly? So we're starting at verse 41. Did we end at 40 last week? That's correct. Okay, so we're just starting right next into the next piece. Yes, it's it's uh, sequential. Uh, no, I, I apologize. It It ended on verse 35 last week. Okay. And today it starts on verse 41. Okay, so there's a few verses in between. Two verses in between. So your homework, my friends, is to find out what those other verses were. Yeah, those six verses. Okay. The missing verses. <laughs> Remember the missing, the missing, missing uh, Lennon tapes? No. This was after the Beatles broke up and after Lennon was shot. Yeah. Every so often one of the rock stations would have, we have the missing tapes. And apparently there were recordings of the Beatles or John Lennon that they kept finding and bringing to the light over. Really? This went on for years. I had no idea. Well, this is kind of like after Michael Jackson died, they said they have a bunch of recordings of songs he never released. 
that's going to happen after me too. They're Father all, Herb's homilies that were never homilies that were never delivered, <laughs> and then you read them and you see you know why. <laughs> they that's why they hit the cutting room floor. Okay, so this week. Jesus not only says, I'm the bread from heaven, Mm -hmm. but he starts to equate himself with the father. So this is where the people start to murmur. Murmur, murmur, They do a lot of that. They do a lot of murmur, 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 murmur. Sounds like a bunch of Catholics. Okay. Well, no, it could be anybody. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, But they murmur that, who is this? Mm -hmm. We know his family. We know his mom and dad. So Jesus says he just kind of ignores that right and goes right on and saying the father and I and so he and, and that's a common motif in John's gospel mm-hmm. he's always connecting him with God the father mm-hmm. his himself with the father the father and I and I know the father the father knows me but the biggest step from last week when he says I'm the bread from heaven mm-hmm. to satisfy your deepest hunger this week the biggest step is where he says and with this bread of life you will have eternal life. Mm-hmm. You'll live forever. So he's taking it to the next step. Yeah. And so I'm, I asked the Bible study group on Tuesday morning, this morning, what does the word forever mean to you? So I'm going to ask you that. I'm going to put you on the spot. Usually you put me on the spot. I do do that to you a lot, don't I? So what does forever mean? Without end would be a simple answer for me and what does that mean how can there be an end when there's no sense of time well that I I think that's very hard for us to wrap our human minds around because everything that we do has a beginning and an ending point except I've been some movies already I wondered if they would ever end I feel that way actually I've I've heard some sermons already I wondered (laughs) if they would ever end Uh, let's see what does forever mean I I think it to me it means something that I'm sorry the drilling behind me I hope I hope our friends can hear this. If the people on the air can hear us, they're, uh, yeah, it's, the drilling is pretty loud. They're, they've it's got great. these big saws. They're cutting uh, porcelain tile. It's great. I think it's perfect for this it's, era it's, of the it's podcast. The, it's the soundtrack. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so back to forever. I, I would stand by my previous answer. I think it means without end. Forever means that it will go on and on and it will never cease. Okay, then what is forever and ever? Amen. For, <laughs> but why do we have the second ever? Forever. There's a comedian I was listening to who said, once you've said forever, that kind of, that says everything. Why do we add another ever? Well, because I think we're always trying to one up. We're trying to, to almost outdo somebody else's standards. So, so if something say, goes on if forever. If I say forever and ever and you're going to add a third ever? Yeah. Well, I was just reading, I'm reading a great book right now by uh, a man named Bob Goff. And the the name of the book is called Everybody Always. And the idea is that we are called to love people just the way that Jesus did all the time. Even if it's the most obnoxious person in the world to you, or a complete stranger, or your spouse, or your children, you're called to always love them all the time. And uh, he was talking about throughout his own ministries, he does a lot of work with the poor in Uganda uh, and other parts of the world. And he remembered that he would always make these extravagant lines uh, in his marketing materials. So like on his website, he recalled that it said, you know, we're saving an entire generation. And he remembered thinking after, you know, 20 years after the fact, no, we weren't, we were helping 500 kids, you know, or um, the one example that made me think of this was he always said, you know, we are helping the poorest of the poor. It's not enough that they're poor. They're the poorest of the poor. Uh, and it was like, we had to one up what everybody else was doing it to make it sound like our work is even 
more unique. So my staff here at John the 23rd is the best of the best? The be- I don't know about that. Some days we do pretty well, but you know, like we're always trying to like outdo it. We're always trying to one up it, do it a little bit well, better. I, I, I think what we do forever and ever, yeah, it's like we're trying to say ad infinitum, okay, on and you know, you take the to the nth degree. Mm-hmm. So it's a way of saying you 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 don't have to quit. You don't end. Yeah. So Jesus is saying, how would you like not only to be fed? Always, as he said last week, mm-hmm. now he's saying, how would you like to live forever? And so I find myself thinking, first of all, what does it mean to live? Mm-hmm. And then forever. You know, I've talked to old people who say, and by the way, it's not necessarily old, but people who are dying could be old or middle age or even young. Yeah. But they know they're dying and it seems to go on and on and on. Mm-hmm. Forever there is not not a joy right so it's but to live means to not just to not be dead but to be alive the difference between living and being alive you catch my drift yeah so what's the difference to you the difference between living and being alive being alive means that you're very conscious and intentional that you're aware Mm -hmm. whereas being uh that's alive living means you're sort of enduring would you say it's all another word you could use as thrive being alive or thriving? Yeah, I think so. Th- thrive to me has uh, a message of accomplishment or accomplishing or producing. Okay. So I don't think you always have to be accomplishing things or mm-hmm. producing, but you have to be so uh, conscious. I, I had somebody introduce me just last week and they said, we think you'll like our pastor. He's got energy. You do have energy. I know. But but the the thing, energy takes a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And energy is a sign of life. And energy is contagious. Yeah. People are attracted to energy. I don't mean hyper or manic. <laughs> no, there's a difference between the two. Yeah. But, uh, you know, or like the, 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 you know, the, the little kid who's into everything, you mm-hmm. know, that, that wears out everybody around them. Well, there's also an attractiveness just with excitement, you know, energy, excitement, you know, providing vision. I think those all kind of go together that, you know, people want to be a part of the winning team, whether you're literally winning something or you're doing something that is mission oriented and people are enjoying being a part of. So let me uh, read the last part of the passage for this coming week, the gospel passage. Everyone who listens to my father and learns from him comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the father except the one who is from God. He has seen the father. Amen, amen, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. And I w- I'll come back to that line. Whoever believes has eternal life. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus goes on to say, I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the man in the desert, but they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat it and not die. So not only that you will not be hungry, you won't even die. Mm-hmm. Or not, uh, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh for the life of the world. So there is where Jesus also introduces the word flesh. I give my flesh for the world. 
that will be big next week. So tune in next week to hear about that. That's well, August 19th. Well, remember we said last week week that Jesus was kind of the master of transition, that he's he's going from one step to the next, perfectly setting them up this is, for this teaching. There is probably almost no passage in the scripture where the teaching is so carefully nuanced mm-hmm. and expounded. Can you elaborate a little bit? I mentioned this during our staff meeting last week. I was wondering, you know, did was a, this teaching kind of premeditated on Jesus' part? Um, meaning, you know, do you think he sat down and he was like, okay, we're going to be doing this Eucharist thing at the Last Supper, so now i got to figure out a way to, to expand upon this? Um, and you mentioned that it could have very well been that, but it could have also been, you know, the Gospel of John was written how many decades after Jesus? That- the Gospel of John is often dated around the year 90 AD. Okay. So it could be 50, 60 years after Christ's death and resurrection, but it would also be up to maybe 30 years, 25 to 30 years after the first Gospel, okay. the Gospel of Mark. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's quite late. Mm-hmm. It's referred to as the Gospel of John. Maybe parts of it were written by the the Apostle John. Okay. Most likely John's own followers. Okay. So it's there's a lot of marks that is a composite uh, writing, mm-hmm. and so it was like put together. It was more like edited together. Got it. In all of the Gospels, you take these phrases. Now Jesus, you know, probably said some things almost word for word the way they re- are recorded. Mm-hmm. Especially in Mark's gospel, which was the first. Well, and maybe maybe when you find similarities across the synoptic gospels, that that might be more yeah. precisely what Jesus said. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the, the the passage that's usually given as the most authentic, right from Jesus' own lips, were the the introduction at the beginning of Mark's gospel. Uh, Repent and believe in the gospel believe in the gospel the, the kingdom, kingdom of god, god is at hand mm-hmm. you know that that passage which yeah. we, we talked about that in church not too long ago right okay so with this passage chapter 6 it since it's more of a teaching is probably more developed through the the decades mm-hmm. are these jesus own words probably seminally yes maybe paraphrased in some way maybe put together uh you know did jesus Jesus was a master teacher, so there was no question that he could have moved the crowd from this to this, but was it also somehow refined because each of the Gospels is written for a particular audience? Mm -hmm. In John's Gospel, because it was written for the Greeks, Mm -hmm. and the Greeks had many gods, it was very important that the the teaching always comes off that there is only one God. Mm -hmm. At the same time, Jesus is talking about his relationship with the Father. And that's why he keeps saying, the Father and I are one. There's one God. Mm-hmm. And not two different gods, which the Greeks might have otherwise quickly stepped into and accepted. Mm-hmm. But so it keeps going back to monotheism. Well, this is why I asked, because I think it's so important to be able to look at whatever scripture we're studying through the lens of the context, the audience, you know, and the tradition of what scripture scholars have been able to kind of decipher over time rather than just looking at the words on the page. Yeah. And, and, and even if we say it's not necessarily word for word what Jesus said, that does not mean it's not also uh, the, the sacred scripture uh, inspired by the Holy Spirit. Right. Right. I do want to get you back to the part that you said you want to come back to. I want to come back to the line. Believe. I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. Mm-hmm. We have to really think about the word believe. 
believe is not just in my brain. Mm-hmm. You know what? What was that in the um, Alice in Wonderland where somebody says, "I believe three impossible things before breakfast every morning" or something like that? Isn't that one of the characters says that? Really? Is that a thing? I, I'm googling. I, I believe three impossible things before. Maybe it's five. Or I yeah. Keep going. I'll tell you. Okay, you're going to Google while I'm talking. Anyway, belief is not just some sort of mental construct, nor is it just a feeling. I Mm -hmm. think some people have a strong feeling, I believe, because it's just a gut feeling. Mm -hmm. It's neither one. Mm -hmm. Belief is a combination of many things, but basically it's like, where do we put the core of our being? By the yep. way, it's six impossible things, Alice in Wonderland. It is Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. Six. I was three. I I read the the abbreviated version. <laughs> so it it's it's the that whole thing about I put myself on it. I believe enough that I will put my life on the line for this. Mm. So belief also means action. So when when Jesus says, "He who believes has eternal life," it says, "Are you putting yourself?" into the mix are you giving it all that you have are you holding back nothing Hmm. that's belief so he's not just saying well if you kind of kind of feel like this then you have eternal life no that's way too uh superficial too flimsy yeah so when he says whoever believes has eternal life that's almost a creedal statement of john's gospel that is major Mm -hmm. by the way it also comes up in some of the other gospels but definitely in john if you believe, you have eternal life. The famous passage, uh, John three sixteen, mm-hmm. God so loved the world that he sent his only son. Mm-hmm. If you believe, read the next couple of lines after that, it says the same thing. If you believe, you, you have redemption. You know, I love that we're getting into this and that it's going to continue over the next several weeks. I, I think, you know, get to Mass this weekend, see how it kind of comes out in Father's homily, and uh, we'll keep digesting John chapter 6. And thank you for listening, everybody. By the way, lots of people told me that there's more than two people who listen. Was it the same two people over and over? (laughs) No. No. Have a great week, everybody. We'll talk to you next time.